Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Good morning, good morning. Happy New Year. Turn to somebody right now, give them a high five, tell them Happy New Year. Somebody needs some encouragement. Yeah, come on. Tell them all of 2023 is in front of them. Go ahead, tell them that. Tell them that, come on. All of 2023 is in front of them. Unless the Lord returns, right? Or God comes and takes us home in another way. 2023 is in front of us. It's good to have you at Lifehouse this morning. It's good to be here. It's good to hear you worshiping God. You feel, I don't know if you felt God's presence like we felt it up here, but I could just feel God moving this morning. Uh, while we were singing, I was going back in my mind. And if, if you got, if maybe you're not, if you don't have your praise on sometimes when you come into church, you just need to start thinking about what God's done for you. Just kind of go back. I was kind of going back to some of those pivotal moments in my life when God just shifts things. And if you've been serving God any length of time, you'll find out that's the case. You just hit these moments in time where God shifts things and he, t- he takes you from this direction to that direction. And all of a sudden it's all different. And, and, and it's just all God, and you know that, and I was just going back in my mind, thinking the whole way back to when I was a teenager, you know, when I was not doing what God wanted me to do, and God just got a hold of my attention. I don't got time to tell that story. I will sometime, um, but really one night, God got a hold of me. I really should have died in a car accident. I really should have, and um, God just grabbed me and uh, shifted my whole life in that pivotal moment. Uh, everything turned, and I was just, my mind went back to that moment in time. And when God shifts it, and I was thanking him. Amen? Amen. I'm glad I didn't die in a car accident. God's so good. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Um, New Year uh, always kind of brings that fresh start, right? It brings that new beginning. It brings that idea that there's a fresh 365 right in front of us. Uh, A new launching place, kind of a new launch pad, a new launch uh, uh, date, uh, a place to start. You know, we kind of start off with fireworks and all those things going off last night at mid. I don't know if you were up or not. You're at church, probably not. Uh, I wasn't either, but I woke up here in some fireworks, right? And, and those new beginnings mean new direction sometimes. Sometimes that new beginning, that new year means a new path. I know we talk about resolutions, right? It, it might be that you might be thinking about pursuing an I, a new idea through 2023, a new things in front of you. It could be, it could be that you're going to just press on with an old idea, right? Something God maybe laid on you last year, the year before, maybe five years ago, and 2023 is going to be a year where you just press on what God's doing. That he's, he's not launching you necessarily. He's just pressing you on with it. A new year could be just a turnaround point for you. There might be something just that happens at some time in this year. It's just going to be a complete turnaround. Something completely different is going to take place. I, I believe that. Uh, it might be a time for you to stand still. I heard that this morning when they were talking about worship. Sometimes God just gets you to stop. He gets you to stand still for a minute. Come and know your ears perk up when you stand still, right? We don't listen very well when we're moving. Uh, we really don't. A lot of times, I really don't. When I'm moving and grooving, I don't listen real well. And, and sometimes he just stops you, gets you to stand still. Maybe God's taking you cautiously ahead. You know, maybe last year was a little rough. Maybe you hit some hard things, some difficulties, and he's just gonna. He, you're just kind of coming into 2023 cautiously. Right, you're just beginning. But whatever route the Lord starts you on, um, a new year always seems to be kind of that launch pad, right? That launch point of some kind that moves us forward. It, it, it's a point of origin to head a direction. Uh, that's why we celebrate it. That's maybe why you got the day off of work, right? Some of you, how I many you cooking up sauerkraut right now? Stinking your house up, right? 
If you're listening online, just type that in the chat, all right? Stinking my house up this morning, right? You're just stinking the whole house up with sauerkraut. And, you know, and it's a launch thing. We kind of celebrate it. And some of us even reference back to, right, dates, years, right? How many of you going, well, I remember back in 2003, right? If you're old like me, you're like, I remember back to 75. <laughs> you know, people are like, what? You were alive then? You know, um, it's just you remember back, right? It's a new year. It's a new direction, and, and while the year um, seems, the new year seems to be a launch point and, and, and a place of where we start into something new or continue something new or even cautiously step through, there's another element to launching forward in, in a new year. And I think that it's more powerful even than that first day of the first of the year, right? That first moment. There's something that, that will catapult us. There's something that will shift us. There's something that will actually move us into something different. And it's what you believe. What you believe. Turn to someone. I won't make you do it anymore. But tell me, what do you believe? Just ask them. What do you believe? That's a loaded question, man. What do you believe? What I believe is the greatest ingredient of moving us forward to a destination where God wants to get you, the place that you need to go. Believe is so important that it will determine a launch date, it will determine a direction, and it will actually determine your destination. It really will. That's how powerful uh, believing is. And, and let me give you just a little example of what I'm talking about in the natural, not even in the spiritual, but in the natural. If I believe, and, and this is not true, I'm just giving you a scenario, but if I believe that I was supposed to, that for some reason at my age, I'm supposed to be a medical professional, and trust me, trust me, that's not true, all right? But I'm supposed to be a medical professional, and I get the idea I'm supposed to be a nurse, I'm supposed to be a doctor, I don't know, a physical therapist, something how many know that begins? If I believe that, and believing means that I truly think that's true. If I believe that, that starts to set my direction, right? That means I've got to go to medical school. That means I've got to go apply to school. That means they got to let me into school, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it really begins to give me a direction, and, and it sets a destination. And one day, I'm going to work in a medical facility. I'm going to work at a hospital, doctor's office, and it even kind of sets up a launch date because i got to go start school on the date they tell me. And it sets, it really just what I believe sets that. If I believe that I'm supposed to be a medical professional, and man, I'm not, all right? I'll come and pray for you. I'll give you spiritual direction. I will not do surgery on you, all right? But if I don't believe that in my heart, all that will fall through. Those will just be talk. It'll just be plans, right? If you believe that you're supposed to go to Sheets for lunch today, all right, you big spender, you. You're supposed to go to Sheets for lunch. You know, it, it's going to set, a, right? You're going to have a launch. The launch is going to take place as soon as I say the last amen, right? And we dismiss. You're going to head to your car. It's going to give you a direction. You're going to go down Shirley Avenue. You're going to come to Ritter Highway, make a left. You're going to go down there one mile, and you're going to beat your destination, right? Because you believe you're supposed to eat at Sheets. Say it with me. What I believe, what I believe. determines a launch date. My direction and my destination. It really does. Some of you are saying that you're going to eat better this year. Some of you said it last night. I'm going to eat better and I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do it. I, I think that's a, probably the greatest. That's probably the most spoken um, New Year's resolution of all time, right? I'm going to eat better. I'm going to say, let, can I ask you something? You better check what you believe first. What do you believe about eating better? 
What do you believe about exercise? What do you believe in your heart about that? Some of you are going to say, I'm doing better with my finances. You need to ask yourself, what do I believe? What do I believe? Do I believe what God says about finances? Or I just believe what I say about finances, right? What do I believe? I'm going to read my Bible this year. I'm going to read it the whole way through. What do you really believe about that? Do you believe it's valuable? Do you believe that it's a light to your path, right? Right? A lamp unto your feet, a light to your path. Do you believe that? What do you believe? What we believe is important. What we believe moves us forward. What we believe today is going to have a lot to do with what's going to happen tomorrow in your life. What we believe as an individual, what we believe as a church, what we believe is going to set the launch date, the direction, and the destination in your life. It truly is. And and this is true in the physical, and it is also true in the spiritual. And Jesus even takes it a step further, because Jesus always takes everything a step further. Amen? He always takes anything we do in the natural, and he moves it right up to here in the spiritual, and here, and here, and here. And he says, if you can believe in the right thing, which is him... All things are possible to him who believes. So if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Mark. We're going to go into chapter 9 in the book of Mark. And I want you just to move to that direction. And while you're turning or while you're getting to that spot, if you're listening online, maybe you're pulling up your Bible, maybe your electronic device, Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And as you land there, we're going to pray over God's word. Father, I thank you for the word that you place in front of us. I thank you, Lord, that it is light to us. God, that it is life to us. God, that it moves us, it changes us. And Lord, it's not because it's just words, but it's because it's your word. And Lord, I pray that you would just, Lord, just write it on the recesses of our heart today. Starting off in this new year, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said together. Amen. Luke, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 9, verse 14 says this. And when he, Jesus, came to the disciples. Now, let me just give you a little background before I start into this. I want you to picture in your mind that there's a group of people. And in amongst this group of people are Jesus' disciples. His apostles are there. And along with that, there are scribes that are there. So there's a a congregation of people that have congregated together. There's There's a a group of scribes that are there together. Jesus isn't there yet, and the apostles are there, and there's some other folks coming, and they're wanting to meet Jesus. They want to get, um, they want to, they've heard that Jesus heals, they've heard how he preaches the truth, and they're all there. So I, you got the picture in your mind right now? This is kind of helps when you go into God's Word and you read it. It says this, and when he, Jesus, came to the disciples in amongst the crowd, in the crowd, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. There's an argument taking place. How many know when there's an argument, there's always a crowd, right? I don't know why. We just go to see what's happening, right? You go see who's standing at the end of it. And the scribes disputing with him. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed. And running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? He's talking about what are the, the, the scribes and the apostles were kind of going at it with each other. What are you discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they could not cast it out, but but they should cast it out, that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to, when they brought him to him, to Jesus, then he saw him and immediately the spirit convulsed, um, lost my place, convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. You're getting the picture here. 
This, this father, this dad is bringing this boy who has been vexed with this spirit, and he brings him to Jesus. He brought him to the apostles first. He brought him amongst the, to, with the crowd. He brought him to the scribes, and they could do nothing. There was discussion going on about this, and he finally, when Jesus shows up, he brings him to Jesus, and this boy begins to convulse. He begins to fall on the ground, and, and he begins to foam at the mouth. So he asked his father, Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from a childhood. And often he has thrown himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to, you, said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, love is answered. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter in him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, the disciple asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can... This kind can come out only by nothing but prayer and fasting. Jesus says something in the middle of this spiritual rescue for this boy that is worth investigating. It's worth diving into. It's worth taking a second, a third, or maybe even a fourth look. Jesus tells this desperate father who um, needs help from him, if you can believe, and Jesus was talking about on him, on Jesus, if you can believe in me, all things, say all things, are possible to him who believes. This desperate dad responds to Jesus, just like you and I might if we're really being honest, right? Lord, I, he's in tears, Lord, I believe. Then he says, help my unbelief, <laughs> all right? Help my unbelief. It's an honest response, because we believe God for some things, right? We believe that some things are possible in Jesus, but we struggle believing that all things are possible in Jesus. We really do. If we're being honest, we believe that some things can happen. We believe that, uh, that God can do a lot of different things. And sometimes even in our experience, um, we look at it and we think, well, God can do a lot of things, but maybe not all things, right? We don't say it out loud, but we'll think it in our flesh. Right, And it's because of our experience, it's because of our scope of life, it's because of our limited, right, our, our limited capabilities ourselves, our limited existence with some things, and, and, and we believe God for some things, but we don't believe Him for everything. You know, I, I believe it's possible for me to fly, right? I, I could go this afternoon up to Harrisburg Airport, I could purchase a ticket, and this afternoon I could fly somewhere. I could pay the money and fly somewhere. But I probably don't believe that I can stand here on the stage and flap my arms and fly. I don't believe I'm going to get enough lift, right? I could probably stand here for the next 40 minutes and flap my arms. Why are y'all laughing? You don't believe I can fly? No, right? It, we don't believe it, right? Uh, it's possible to dunk a basketball. It's not possible for me, okay? Not possible. Not without a trampoline. And even then it's questionable, all right? It's possible to go 100 mile an hour in a car, but it's not possible for me to run 100 mile an hour. 
We live in a world, in our world, we live in a world that's full of limitations. Some things that we just simply cannot do. I can flap my arms all day up here and I'll probably just get, make some breeze move. That's it, right? So our mindset is, yes, Lord, I believe, but help me believe because I'm not sure I can believe for all things. I'm not sure all things are possible. And sometimes in some reason for somehow, we place our limitations on God. We, we transfer our limitations in our world and what we see and in what our experience is, and we transfer that over to God. And we say, well, some things are possible, but not all things are possible, right? Somehow we superimpose our limitations over to the Holy One, the Mighty One. And Jesus said to this man, he said it to this crowd, he's saying it to us, listen, if you believe God can do all all, anything, anything, all things are possible. Jesus came to mankind to show that God has no limitations. He came uh, healing. He came doing miracles. He came doing the impossible to show mankind that God has no limitations. And, and when Jesus um, questioned this desperate father, he's telling him all things, if, if you can believe, if you can believe in me, all things are possible. I can do anything. Because nothing, if we believe in God, nothing is impossible for him. Nothing. There's nothing that the Father, there's nothing that the Son, Jesus, there's nothing that, the, that is impossible for the Holy Spirit. They can do all things. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our impossible is not even, a, it's not even a slight difficulty for God. What you think is impossible is not even a, a minor limitation for God. The problem is we tend to think of God as a human superhero, right? We, we think of him having these mighty powers. He can do these amazing things. But somehow there's some kind of kryptonite somewhere, right? There's something that just causes him not to have power in this particular area of life. Whether that's physical, right? Me flapping my wings, right? And, and, and flying. That he has limitations. Let me tell you something. If God wanted me, to go up, he can get me to go up. I can tell you that right now. He doesn't just possess a large amount of power that, that, you know, he's not this being that just has some power. He is power. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the wheel in the wheel. He has, he owns it all. He has it all. He's, listen, he wills things into existence and out of existence. He can do anything. So we've got to get to a place in our mind when we come to God, we got to believe. we got to believe that he can do anything. When we start to go, our faith will start to go from here to here when we actually believe that he can do all things. All things. That he's omnipresent. That he can be present in all places at all times. That he's omnipotent. That he has all power. That he's omniscient, right? That he knows all things. That he never changes. That never shifts. That never wavers. That never, it's not like us, right? We get high moments and low moments. That's not God. Don't put that on him. That's not him. He, he knows nothing. Our God knows nothing of limitations. And it's hard for us to get that head, our head around that. You know, on this first day of January in 2023, we got to get our head around that there's nothing impossible for God. And we got to believe for the impossible. That'll change your approach when you come to God. I don't know if you know that or not. When you come to God in prayer and you come asking God for something, um, 
It should change your mindset just a little bit. <clears throat> uh, it, it'll shift how you approach God. When you come to him in prayer and you realize that he's completely capable of supplying anything and everything that you would possibly need in any particular situation at any particular time, right? It will come and we begin to realize that he has no limitations and that, and that when we come before him, um, that he knows nothing of impossible. He doesn't know that. He can't know that because all things are possible. It's wise to remember when we approach God to come with a belief, right? That we can have anything that, and if you come with this kind of belief, he's telling this, this desperate father, he's telling him, just believe in me. Just believe that if you just believe in me, all things, can, all things are possible. Anything you're asking is possible. That guy had a launch date, right? A destination, a direction, all that. If you just believe, settle it ahead of time in your head. And then secondly, prove your faith in God for the impossible by placing the impossible in his hands. Just like this desperate father um, with his son who he wanted to be cured so badly, who was, had this spirit that, that would dwell with him and, and would just take over and he would convulse. And some of us would call that demon possessed or, or demon oppressed. And, and it was an awful thing and it would throw him into the fire. And his son had suffered all these years. He said, when, when this guy came, when this dad came, he handed it over to Jesus. Not, Mark 9, uh, 9, 17 says, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. The father brought his son to Jesus. He takes the impossible situation and he gives it to Jesus. He places it in Jesus' hands. We prove our belief in God for the impossible when we hand it over to God. It's not when we just come and tell God about our impossible situation. Did you ever do that in prayer? You just come and tell God about it? You don't really hand it over. There's a difference between handing something over, right, and just telling somebody about something. We can come to God in prayer. God, you know what's going on. God, you know how I've suffered the last couple of years. God, you know what? And you go back through categorically. You know what I suffered here. You know what took place there. You know what this is all about. God, you know, you know, you know, right? And we even get emotional and we get all teared up about it. And then sometimes we even throw a complaint in. Do you ever complain to God? Oh, God, I'm the only one, you know. <laughs> Anybody play that game? All right. I'm the only one this has ever happened to, God. Why me? right? We'll throw all that in. We'll even revel in it. Sometimes we revel in the impossible, right? Sometimes we get so used to walking in it, we're just like, this is life, God. I'm just going to make it through Jesus, right? Come on. We'll revel, but we don't hand it over. Jesus was telling his father, give him to me. And this guy's saying, I'm going to bring him. I'm going to hand him over. This guy's probably had his son to the doctors. He had him to the scribes. He took him to Jesus' apostles, and they couldn't do anything. He's handing his son over. And when he sees Jesus, he, said, he says, I got an impossible situation right here in front of me. I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to believe. Help my unbelief. I'm going to believe the best I can, Jesus, and I'm going to hand them to you. We hand over our impossible situation to one that we believe can fix the impossible, right? Do you know why you take your broken car to a mechanic? Because it's impossible for you to fix it. But it is completely possible for them, right? 
You, you call a repairman to come to your house to fix your furnace, your air conditioner, whatever it is, the appliance in your house, and it's because it's impossible for you to fix it. You can stand there all day, look at it. You can pull out the paperwork, right? All the manuals, you can just stare. You can get on YouTube, right? You can look it up. You're trying to look up, watch videos, and you can't fix it. So you, it's impossible for you, but you'll call somebody that's not, it's not even a problem for them. You take your kids to the, to the doctor when they're sick because it's impossible for you to cure them, but you know it's completely possible for them to cure them. Isn't it amazing how we, we place in human hands what we think is impossible for us, but we hold back with God, who has no limitations, who, who has all things at his disposal, who, who can speak things into existence. We'll hand over to human hands, but we will withhold from God. We'll tell them about it, but we don't hand it over. If you want to launch forward in 2023, believe God first for the impossible. Believe the Father, believe the Son, believe the Holy Spirit for the impossible, and then bring your impossible to God. Hand it over. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Handing it over is probably going to be the difficult part. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes we'll talk belief, but when you, you prove you'll believe when you hand it over to God, when you give it into his hand, and we don't always do that because we like controlling things, right? How many control freaks we got? Mm-hmm, come on, just admit it, all right? Yeah, we got, well, well I, I don't know if I want to do that, right? Handing it over to God means, handing it over to God means you got to be good with whatever God does with it when you hand it over. Do you know that? When you hand it over, you do that with your car. You don't know what that mechanic's doing back there to your car. Why? You have to go out in the waiting room, get yourself an iced tea, sit down and watch TV. While they're back there with their loan with your car. You got to leave it in their hands. And you got to be okay with what they're doing with it. It's got to be the same thing with God. You know, when you take the impossible to God, God you're going to probably have questions. God, you're going to go to God. You're going to ask him questions. God's going to tell you one of three things. He's going to tell you yes, no, or wait. And you've got to be okay with all three. I'd love to tell you. I'd love to come tell you. If you have enough faith, God's going to say yes every time. He will not. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says wait. And he's got reason for that. He sees way beyond what you see. He sees, uh, he, says, he sees the past, the present, and the future all together at the same time. And sometimes when we come before God, when you hand it over, I'm getting, I'm getting, it's getting tougher, isn't it, right? When you hand it over, you got to be okay if God says yes, no, or wait. Whatever one he says. I don't like no and wait. I hate those, okay? I love yes when I ask you. But sometimes God just says no or wait. And sometimes he doesn't remove us, right, from the situation. Sometimes he, doesn't gonna, he isn't going to take you out of the fire. In, in the word of God, you can go back to three Hebrew young men, right, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and, and you know, these three guys, they, they, uh, they offended a king, uh, a very pagan king, because they wouldn't bow down and worship him. And the king basically threatened him. He said, listen, if you don't bow down, I'm going to burn you alive. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to cook you. Burn you alive. And he said, well, king, you can just go ahead and do whatever you want. Because we already put this in God's hands. We already believe in God. They had their belief on. They said, we believe in God. And God, you, whether, and they really literally say this. Whether we live or whether we die, we're going to follow God. If God says yes, we're good. If God says no, we're good. If God says wait, we're good. And, and, they, and they stood their ground. And guess what? The king didn't all of a sudden relent and say, well, that's okay. Go ahead. Since you talked to God. 
He threw them in the fire. Now, God brought them through the fire. The fire didn't burn them up, but they got thrown in the fire. Can you think about that for a second, right? The moment what's going through your brain right before you're already thrown into the fire. And, you know, and, and they said, you got to be okay when you hand it off to God. You got to be all right. Now, the three Hebrews, boys, they came through. Can I tell you the disciples, God took them through many, many times. At the end of their lives, a lot of them, were, they were killed for their faith, right? You got to be okay with yes, no, or wait. You got to trust God enough that he's got your past, he's got your present, and he's got your future. And, and it's a win. It's a victory no matter what happens. This is true faith. This is faith that says no matter what happens, God knows, and I'm going to hand it off to him. Amen? This is easy amen. This is, right? It's harder living. It, it, is, it is believe and hand it off. Believe and hand it off. Now, I'm going to give you one last thing, and I'm going to ask you to stand. And, and the praise team's coming, and I'm going to close with this. I, I'll give you one last thing to add to this. Boost your belief, okay? Boost your belief. I love the honesty of this dad. I love, I love that he says, Lord, I believe, but please help my unbelief, right? And I love that he comes and he has this honest answer. But understand, you need to boost your belief. One of the amazing things is that God left you the word of God so you could go back and you could boost your belief on a regular basis. You can go back and read about the people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who actually believed God. And no matter what the outcome, they were going to stand, they were going to do what God spoke. They, they handed over their impossible situation to God. You can read about Moses. You can read about Gideon. You can read about the children of Israel when they were actually believing God, right? You can go on and on. You can read about David. You can read about those people, and honestly, both ends of the spectrum. You can read about those who believed God and those who didn't. And you can watch as the ones who didn't, their lives crumble and come apart. I think of Samson when I think of that. And they didn't believe. But you can read about the ones who believe. And ultimately, ultimately, God always will walk you through. He's always going to bring you out the other end. And all you have to do is believe and hand it over to him. So I got to ask you this morning, do you have anything that seems impossible in front of you? What seems impossible? It could be a small thing. It could be a large thing. It could be something just in your mind that's been stuck there for a long time. It's just, there's no way this is going to happen. This can happen, right? I'm here to tell you, if it lines up with the will of God and you get God in the mix and you begin to believe, I've seen the impossible happen over and over and over and over and over again blows you away every time it takes place you just stand stunned you look back and you're like how did that happen and it's God just believe and hand it over that father saw his son healed Jesus just spoke a word what was so difficult and so impossible for everybody else all those years in a moment in time Jesus cast out that demon casts out that spirit the boy falls like he's dead on the ground Jesus takes him by the hand and picks him up and he's forever healed he's forever free and hands him back to his dad that's kind of how God does hey, man it, this is all through scripture scripture always goes full circle I don't know if you realize that or not anything you give to God God breaks it blesses it and hands it back and multiplies it you know that he did it multiple times physically He's out. They needed food. He says, give me what you got. Right? They got some loaves. They got some fishes. 
He breaks it. He blesses it. Hands it out. Feeds thousands of people, right? Multiplies it. Nourishes everybody. That's how God does. But you got to believe. He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching us. You got to believe. And you got to hand it over. All of it. You got to hand it over to him. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.